Welcome, everybody, to another episode of a Can Mayonnaise Kill a Jedi podcast. I am your host, the Artificial Dragon. I'm your co-host, Darth Celine. And welcome to another episode of a podcast, everybody. Uh, it will, I suspect, be a little bit late because we were kind of, uh, Hannah had some uh, in real life issues to work through, but, uh, I yeah. I back. <laughs> yeah, you've hurt your bag and needed some time to recover, which is understandable, and, uh, and the weather hasn't exactly been treating this uh, side of Arizona very well recently. No, no, it hasn't. It sucks. I almost yeah. slipped and fell today, too. Yeah, that's always fun. But fortunately, um, today isn't as horrible. I mean, we got a little bit of a snowstorm going on, but it's more or less rain from where we are. Yeah, we got slush. Yeah, we got slush, but at least we have Wi-Fi right now. Yeah, I'm happy the power hasn't gone out any any time this season. But, uh, <laughs> oh, God, I'm not excited if it does. Oh, that's, uh, yeah, that's going to be uh, a shitstorm when that happens. <laughs> but anyway, uh, personal things aside... Uh, let's, I'll go ahead and go through the Patreons real quickly. Um, so for all of you people that love supporting our content, we have a Patreon where you could go and contribute to any tier, the lowest being $2 and the highest being $10 at patreon.com slash can mayo. Once again, that's patreon.com slash can mayo. And where you can contribute to any amount, you'll have instant access to our Discord server, where you can talk general Star Wars lore, share memes, uh, and have a general good time, or even give uh, shoutouts to uh, games that you want us to play for our live streams and all of that stuff. Yeah, we'll absolutely do your suggestions. Oh, yes. I've uh, We've recently started uh, playing Swator like a... Pretty much last week right now. We had our first live stream of Swator and it was chaotic, a little a little boring because we don't know how to really talk. Yeah. Playthroughs yet, but it's fun. <laughs> yeah, it was fun. It's just uh, something that you need to get the flow of because uh, before I did my podcast, I did a little bit of a Let's Play channel. I, it's not active right now, but I got to get back in the groove in all honesty. I, you should definitely try. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, um, I'll go ahead and give a shout outs to all of our loyal smugglers. Um, we got White Wolves, Cameron Lee, Dr. Emboss, Gobez, Tristan H, and Irk the Turtle. Thank you all for being such loyal followers and patrons to our small community that we have in the making. Thank y'all so much. This is awesome that yeah. this has grown so much. Yeah, it has grown very steadily. I think we are almost at 660 subscribers right now. Holy crap, that's awesome. Yeah, we're just getting that much closer to 1K subscribers, Hannah. Oh, God, I can't even imagine what what we're going to do if we hit a thousand people. <laughs> well, we'll think of something uh, extra special for our 1,000 subscriber specials for all of you. We'll see. There yeah, might be in our, our way. Yeah, indeed. Um, and real quickly, 
uh, for Vismon's Patreon art piece. We got Satio Shun, very sexy, Jedi Master. Uh, download her, put her up as your phone wallpaper, make her into one of your own posters. Really good. One of my buddies really likes um, MILVs, so this is a dream come true for him. Wait, have you sent me this one? No, no, it's the, uh, yeah, it's Satio Shan with, uh, you know, her giant oh, commuters, right, remember? Oh, right, deal. <laughs> it's not, uh, it's not, uh, February yet, Hannah, I, but, yeah. I heard Satio, but I thought Satine, I was like, a new Satine one? <laughs> yeah, I think we've how had, like... I am, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's okay, it's okay. Um, we're still in the month, really looking forward to the, uh, future Patreon art piece, which I think you might love, Hannah. Is it Valentine's Day themed? <laughs> I'm not seeing anything for certain, Hannah. That'd be a cool theme, though. Anyway. That would be, yeah. Um, But yeah, with that... Oh, yeah, shout out for uh, your uh, blog, Hannah. Oh, right, my blog. Uh, I've been kind of slowing down on answering questions because, you know, work. Yeah, I get you. Not sleeping, but... <laughs> you know, I'm trying, and... When the motivation hits me, I usually pump out the majority of the questions that are in my inbox. So, you know, send me some asks. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Yeah, and I really do enjoy listening for replies from all the characters. Especially that uh, little short story you sent out a little while ago, Hannah. Yeah, I'm trying my hand at little short stories involving their siblings. Which I also (laughs) made in Spador. That brings me I, up to 17 characters. <laughs> well, I appreciate your commitment, Hannah, at least. Thanks. <laughs> Gives me a reason to keep playing the game. Oh, absolutely. All right. But we're talking but, about. <laughs> you obviously know what today's episode is going to be about. Something that you're very excited to talk about. Mara Jade! Mara Jade! Probably one of the most beloved Legends character in the old EU of Star Wars. Yeah, she is awesome. Because yeah. I've listened to Heir to the Empire, and mm-hmm. that trilogy is just, she is so good of a character. And so yeah. complexly written. Yeah, um, always love when uh, Timothy Zane makes really great characters, Fraun being one of them, and of course, Mara Jade being another notable creation of his. Timothy's on, you beg gifts the bastard. Yeah, <laughs> looking forward to, uh, I hope, we when we uh, go to uh, Legends Con, uh, I'm looking forward to meeting him in person. If he's oh, I there. hope so. I <laughs> would love to get my copies of Heir to the Empire signed. <laughs> memorabilia for you hannah and my copy of thrawn <laughs> oh man so cool one can oh dream. yeah one can dream so can i hannah but anyway uh, enough about uh about us geeking out about timothy zane um but yeah like like i said uh, earlier marriage jade is created by timothy zane for his heir to the Empire trilogy. And while she may have been loved by her creator and many fans, uh, this is kind of a nice little trivia. George Lucas himself never saw Mara Jade in a positive light. I'm I'm really surprised. I'm, I'm sure you are, but I'll give a little bit of context. Like, uh, there's this little skit. Like, if you search on YouTube, there's a, there's a skit 
that I think is part of the uh, the special edition of the Star Wars Robot Chicken edition. Uh-huh. Um, and it's basically George Lucas in a room with a bunch of people. And one of the one of the people who obviously is not Timothy Zane was all like, as the creator of Mara Jade, I think we should include her into the new trilogy. And George Lucas is like, no, get out, get out. <laughs> I'm looking for it so I can try to find it. I'll try to find it later. Yeah, it's kind of funny, but that's kind of just a parody of how George Lucas reacted to Mara Jade at the time. It's not that he hated the character personally. Of course, he was the one that signed off on Timothy Zane writing uh, everything about Heir to the Empire and all that. He just kind of doesn't like her. He doesn't like the fact that she's... Luke Skywalker's wife is the thing. I mean, she's a badass. Yeah, yeah, she's a badass. But uh, so according to some people, such as Pablo Adago himself, who for context is known as the Star Wars lore master within Lucasfilm. So he's like the guy for Star Wars lore within Lucasfilms and all that. Um, okay. According to him, he disliked Mara Jade's marriage to Luke Skywalker because it contradicted the monotheistic lifestyle of a Jedi who are not supposed to have attachments. I mean, fair, but we kind of see this thing throughout the history of the Jedi, so it makes sense that it would kind of repeat. Yeah, and uh, it's also kind of contrary to the message that George Lucas was trying to convey. Because the prequel Jedi, they were very rigid in their attachments and uh, emotions and all that. But Luke Skywalker is realizing the mistakes of a Jedi Order is trying to move forward and all that. Yeah, exactly. But then again, uh, George Lucas did once again sign off Mara Jade when Timothy Zane was writing Heir to the Empire series. So if he was against Mara Jade being a love interest of Luke Skywalker, he would have just vetoed her right off the spot. I don't know. But anyway. Creative uh, differences maybe? maybe yeah. Who knows? Yeah. But at least um, we got her in the books. That is very true, and she is a very prominent character. And fun fact, uh, so there's this Star Wars magazine called Star Wars Insider that was... So there's this certain Star Wars Insider, uh, what was it, uh, magazine that was posted back in 1997, I believe. And they had this poll about what the top 20 favorite characters of Star Wars are. Um... And Mara Jade, she was actually 20th of favorite characters, which I'll put in the uh, chat right now. Hey, she made the top 20 at least. Yeah. She's that good of a character. Yeah, and fun fact, she is the only character that appeared on the list that didn't appear in any of the films. See, that's how good she's written. Yeah, like, uh, like, at the time, you probably have choices like, uh, Fraun, Pillion, and, uh, some other characters I can't remember at the top of my head. But point is, she made it compared to the rest of more memorable characters. Oh, yeah. But yeah, as you could see in that, uh, description, there are, like, uh, several quotes on why fans love her. Yeah. I can fly anything. (laughs) (laughs) She always has Luke's lightsaber hanging off her belt. 
Yeah. By far one of the coolest characters to ever be associated with Star Wars. See? Yep. Yeah, she is pretty cool. I mean, like, uh, when I was starting to get into Star Wars lore back in the day, I kind of had mixed opinions on Mara Jade. But uh, I think I slowly started warming up to her. And it's not besides the fact that she's also a fellow redhead. No, it has nothing to do with that at all. <laughs> you just admitted you're a ginger. Yeah, that is true. Fun fact about me, everybody. I was, uh, well, I still am a ginger, but my hair is starting to uh, become lighter. But yeah, it just, she is just so fucking cool. Yeah, she is pretty cool. And I'll give you a fair heads up, Hannah. Uh, I will be talking about Mara Jade past Heir to the Empire. So I might be providing a couple of spoiler warnings here and there. That's fine. I read the majority of the uh, stuff on her Wikipedia page anyway. Yeah. Boy, is it long. Oh, yeah. She... (laughs) That's a lot of books that I don't have time to read. Yeah, that is very fair. And yeah, she uh, kind of trumps Padme and Qui-Gon in that regard. Dude. (laughs) And Padme's was like, what, four pages? Uh, yeah, my notes on Padme were like four pages, but Mara, <laughs> um, I don't mean to get sidetracked, but my pages for Mara Jade are like six pages long. Jesus. But, uh, yeah, we'll, I'll go ahead and stop prattling on in. Uh, once again, time. yeah, once again, for all the viewers, uh, I'm not gonna go through the every intricacy of Mara Jade and her story, I'm just Doing the important highlights here and there. And boy, howdy, there's a lot. Oh, yes. But uh, yeah, before we get started, I actually have a nice little quote that I want to share about Mara Jade. All right. Many people, when they become sick, retreat to their childhood and being helpless. They abandon who they have become and their place in the web that is the force. Then the disease severs those final connections and they die. As long as I'm fighting, I'm not dying. Fuck yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, which really paints Mara Jade as this really determined, uh, rarely bags down from a fight sort of female character. Yeah, she is. That's, that's why I say she's badass. She's not afraid to fight. Yeah. Yeah, that's something I really appreciate. As you said last episode, a lot of female characters in the old Legends ver- uh, EU of Star Wars are so well written. Yes, yes they are. <laughs> but yeah, um, so let's go ahead and get to Mara Jade's life. Yes. So, yeah. Mara Jade was born two years after the end of the Clone Wars, which is 17 years before the Battle of Yavin. Okay. And uh, as we as we can see with a lot of Star Wars characters, it wasn't exactly known uh, who Mary Jade's parents are or what her original homeworld was, as she herself remembered little of her childhood before her service to Palpatine. Though 
there are some things that she remembers before being brought under the service of the Empire and all that. Mm -hmm. She did recall one memory where she had a falling star globe and had gotten into trouble when she broke it to, you know, see it how see how it works and all that. Mm -hmm. So she was a very inquisitive child uh, back then before her service to Palpatine and all that. Cute. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Mary Jade would be taken to Coruscant, where she was taught the ways of a force by Palpatine herself. Uh, himself, sorry. What am I getting the sexes uh, mixed up? Anyway, um, and she would be officially known as a dancer within the Imperial Palace, which is obviously a huge cover and all that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, <laughs> funny enough... Um, many of Palpatine's inner circle did not know who Mara Jade was, as they assumed that she was simply one of Palpatine's concubines. Yep, they thought he she was just a, a slave girl. Yeah. Um, but, but no. uh, <laughs> this is yeah, good cover. It is a very good cover. And yeah, she would serve as basically a undercover dancer within the Imperial Palace for a majority of her life. And then, well, we know her other side as being Palpatine's personal assassin and all that. Yes. Um. So Mara Jade would receive training on the force by Palpatine. Uh, her skills was uh, developed through an intense regiment by the Imperial Royal Guards. And under their tutelage, she would learn the arts of espionage and assassination, skills of which she was adept by the age of 14. Nice. So, yeah, she... Basically uh, Black Widow. Yeah, I was about to say, she's basically Star Wars Black Widow. But... More awesome and less self-sacrificing. <laughs> you know, that's also very fair. Well, that also kind of depends, but we'll get there when we get there. Um, during a, one particular test, she was tasked by Palpatine to break into Tarkin's personal quarters by dressing up as a formal guest. And then, uh, you know, when she's blending into the crowd a little bit more, she feigned illness to get away from the other guests during the party. And then she would break into Tarkin's quarters and all that fun stuff. Mm -hmm. And uh, she would be ambushed by several droid bodyguards and she obviously made quick work of them and after the test was over palpatine and darth vader just reveal themselves they were apparently hidden behind a uh, nearby curtain or something like that and vader himself that is so vo stupid. <laughs> i know it's like a comic i'll have to sh i'll have to uh see if that actually happens but point is it's a test and darth vader voiced his uh, how impressed he was with this new assassin. And, you know, Mara Jade would bend to, would uh, kneel to Palpatine, and he would proclaim her his Emperor's Hand. Awesome promotion. Very awesome promotion. And, of course, we know later down the line she wasn't the only Emperor's Hands, but for all intents and purposes, she thinks she's Palpatine's personal assassin yes like he deceived all of his other assassins and yeah him. classic palpatine you know being the mastermind <laughs> gold fuck 
Yeah. Um, though, despite this deception, she and Palpatine had a legitimately close bond. Like, Palpatine was basically the closest thing Mara Jade had to a father figure throughout her entire life. Yep, you could see that in Heir to the Empire. Yeah, and uh, whenever she was out on assignments, they would have this close force bond where she would hear his voice telekinetically from anywhere in the galaxy and through this connection she would carry out numerous missions such as the assassinations of corrupt imperial officials traitors and among others deserving of death and her judgment nice yeah yep, and, and that mentioned several times in heir to the empire oh yeah and she was treated extremely well by Palpatine to the point where he legitimately gave her vacations. Yep, saw that too. Yeah, um, which is very atypical of Palpatine, knowing that he loves electrocuting the living fuck out of Darth Vader as his spare time. You know, dictator. (laughs) Yeah, classic dictator stuff. But yeah, um, Palpatine did have some, a little bit of a favoritism towards Mara Jade. Uh, like, for example, during a, during a particular Imperial ball, Palpatine was kind of talking to the head of Imperial intelligence, uh, a woman by the name of Aizen Asard. And Aizen Asard is kind of an interesting character. We'll eventually do an episode on her, but she is, uh, let me go ahead and pull a picture of her. She's an alpha bitch, uh, to put it simply. Wasn't she mentioned in the Peleon episode? Yeah, she was one of the uh, important figures I mentioned in the Peleon episode. And she was one of the uh, quote-unquote successors of the Emperor after he died. Okay. Yeah, um, Asard is... Uh, she's the classic control freak because, you know, she's the head of Imperial Intelligence. She wants to know everything about everyone. Obsessive much? Very obsessive. Like, uh, she noticed this random dancer who will obviously be Mara Jade. Um, she tried doing a background check on her and she found absolutely nothing on Mara Jade. Well, that makes sense. Yeah, especially and she, for a cover, but damn. Yeah, and she brought these concerns to Palpatine. Like, we don't know anything about this young dancer. Are you sure that we should be trusting her? And Palpatine, he he uh, obviously didn't want to say, "Oh, that's my personal assassin." Blah blah blah. Um, well, duh. But Palpatine straight up said to her face. That, uh, where was it? Um, he simply said he feared no such betrayal from Mara Jade. But then he turned uh, to Asard, and he outright said, uh, but he feared betrayal from her more than Jade. Damn. Yeah, he straight up went up to the head of a literal intelligence of the Empire and said, I fear you betraying me more than my personal dancer over there. That, the, the, knowing that type of personality that this woman has, she yeah. would definitely try and dig deeper. Oh, like, damn, yeah. What a heavy fucking line. <laughs> yeah. Um, at this, uh, 
Isain was fuming, and she had an eternal grudge against Mara Jade for the rest of her life. Oh, grudges are motivation, so I get it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and uh, she absolutely made no, no secret of her hatred towards Mara Jade. Um, but that's a uh, that will come later in uh, Mara Jade's story. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Mara Jade would even have her own apartment that she would, you know, go back and relax at in between in between missions, and she even has her own large collection of weapons. Uh, her own personal ship, and a protocol droid named K-Free. I think they mentioned that in Heir of the Empire. Can't remember. Yeah. Yeah, I I wouldn't doubt it if uh, he was there somewhere. But uh, I'm I'm not going to go through everything that Mara Jade has done under the Empire, but I'll give you a couple of uh, neat little examples. Um, no, because we're going to be here for hours if you do. Oh, yes. We'd be here for literal hours. But I'll go through the important ones. Um, Mara Jade actually had a hand in finding some older survivors of Order 66. Oh, cool. Yeah, um, there's this one comic book series where... Uh, Mara Jade personally hunted down this uh, Order 66 survivor by the name of a dark woman. She's fairly interesting, and she wanted to go out and kill her. But Darth Vader was like, no, you're not experienced enough to face the dark woman. I'll take care of her myself. Makes sense that he would. Yeah. Oh, yes. And, uh... I believe after the Battle of Yavin and after the destruction of the first Death Star, Palpatine kind of had uh, trust issues with his uh, enforcer and supreme commander of uh, the Imperial Army, Darth Vader. And he would task Mara Jade with basically spying on him. Mm-hmm. And... You know, Vader would do his thing. Mara Jade was just kind of shadowing him from afar. You know, detecting his, or following his every move. And uh, there's a couple of uh, interesting things where uh, she secretly grew envious of Darth Vader, sensing division within him, and his growing obsession towards the young rebel pilot known as Luke Skywalker, which she didn't exactly understand at the time. Makes sense. Yeah, and through these uh, operations, she secretly hoped that uh, Darth Vader would outright betray the Emperor so that she would have an excuse to kill him and later take his place as Palpatine's apprentice. Like I said, the way the Sith lives on. Yeah, and, you know, Mara Jade, she's, she wants uh, Daddy's approval, so it makes a good amount of sense. Cool. But yeah, um... Uh, so following the Battle of Hoth, Palpatine grew more worried about Luke Skywalker as a threat to his future plans and probably motivation for having Darth Vader betray his ass and, you know, <laughs> you gotta keep hold of your power and power over your apprentice and all mm-hmm. that stuff. 
So he would tat. So he got some intel that, uh, well, okay, not intel. He obviously knew that, uh, Luke Skywalker would want to go to Jabba's palace to recover, uh, Han Solo, who's currently carbonite, mm-hmm. you know, all that fun stuff. Um, so he sent Mara Jade to infiltrate Jabba's palace undercover as one of his newer dancers. And I'll actually send you a picture of Mara Jade and her down. Uh, dancer outfit. There we go. Nice. And uh, sh- she would go undercover as the dancer named Arkia. They mentioned this in Heir to the Empire. I think it's a flashback. Oh yeah, yeah. It's a it's a very important part of uh, the Heir to the Empire and why she was. Uh, <laughs> Was very close and assassinated Luke Skywalker anyway. But she did several times. Obviously, she, yeah, obviously. Um, so you know, she was kind of undercover for several days as one of Jabba's dancers. But then eventually, one of Jabba's security details, who was of uh, quote unquote the dance choreographer, mm-hmm. got very suspicious of her. And uh, she tried to detain her, but Mary Jade obviously got out of there and went through several maintenance tunnels to try and avoid Jabba's security. And she briefly saw Luke Skywalker fighting Jabba's Rancor. And by the time she, you know, lost her pursuers, please don't leave me behind. I'm one of your dancers. Let me go with you. But Jabba, he... Yeah, she said that she was like, Begging to go. Oh, yeah. And Jabba was really sus of of uh, Mary Jade. And he gave her a speeder and told her to never return. Damn. Yeah. And well, at least he gave her a way out. At least. Uh, unfortunately, Mary Jade would be forced to, you know, board the speeder. Go back to the Imperial Center and back to a very displeased Palpatine. Well, that sucks. Yeah, and yeah, like you mentioned earlier, there was like a vision that Luke Skywalker saw that had Mara Jade been present during the Sarlacc Pit, she would have been successful in preventing his escape. That's an awesome uh, continuation of the what if. Yeah, I I always love what if stories. And I think I remember a small clip I saw on YouTube of a anime version of Luke Skywalker's vision. Um, But yeah, um, even though she kind of failed in her mission, uh, Palpatine would be like, OK, whatever. Uh, I'll deal with Skywalker later. I'll give you a different job. And Mary Jade, she would be tasked to eliminate the founder of the Black Nebula, which is a sub-faction of the Black Sun, fun fact. Um, Oh, cool. Yeah, and she would obviously be successful in this endeavor, and Palpatine, very pleased with his personal assassin actually, you know, accomplishing her mission, uh, gifted her with a vacation. And, you know... Uh, Mara Jade would go out on her vacation, but she could not shake this feeling that her recent assassination mission was too easy. Surely there were enough bodyguards to give her trouble, but she just waltzed right in and basically killed the guy without a issue. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Mara Jade, she decided to set up a simulation 
And she determined of Fruvi's simulations that three out of five times, her attempts would succeed in killing the leader of a black nebula. Um, so she was like, okay, uh, through her deduction, she found that this might not be the actual target I'm after. This is a cleverly placed decoy. I need to reach out to Palpatine and share my suspicions with him. Blah, blah, blah. You know, that's God damn, she is so fucking smart. Yeah, she's been at this for, what, uh, 21 years at this point? So she knows what she's doing. That's another thing I love about her. Yeah. Unfortunately, once she telekinetically reached out through the force to share her suspicions with Palpatine, uh, Mm -hmm. she instead... uh, witnessed Palpatine's death by the hands of Luke Skywalker and Darth Vader. And it's it's still haunted by Yeah. Um, through Heir to the Empire. Oh, yeah. And here is this really cool picture of her witnessing the death of the Emperor. Cool. It is really cool. And... Yeah, the last word that the Emperor would say to Mara Jade that reverberated throughout the Force would be, You will kill. You will kill Luke Skywalker. Yep. And she was just overcome by the agony of witnessing the death of her father figure and would pass out on the ground in a very dreamlike state for several days. Damn. And during this time, she would be apprehended by Imperial Intelligence and would be taken to a scene herself. Okay. And, you know, Emperor dead. What's stopping her from doing whatever she likes to uh, the person that Palpatine trusted more than her? Oh, yeah. Yeah, and Asara's saying... Uh, wanted to use Mara Jade's skill as the Emperor's hand to ensure her new rise as the Emperor's successor. But obviously, Mara Jade did not want to be part of that, and she effortlessly escaped captivity. Well, duh. Yeah, Mara Jade is pretty badass doing the... Uh, She's inti- like, uh, nope, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, she pulled a motherfucking Batman on the head of Imperial Intelligence. I think the Wi-Fi is going out. Oh, boy. Uh, well, anyway, um, and after so, that... Sorry if it's uh, fucking up. Yeah, I gotcha. Uh, I'll do what I can. Um, but yeah, um, after that, she would go undercover as a waitress, and by, co- by pure coincidence, she would stumble upon thugs of a black nebula. And long story short, she was able to redeem herself in completing her original mission before she would go into hiding from the very government she once worked faithfully for. Okay. And, uh, yeah, for the, I believe the next couple of years, uh, her hatred toward Luke Skywalker burned her deeply, though she remained unaware that Palpatine's words were basically the driving force of her first for vengeance, even though it, it was way more than someone of actual vengeance would work towards. It was basically Palpatine's command word. Yeah, I mean, if yeah, I remember in the, what was it, The Last Command? Yeah. 
I think we'll get to that. I don't want to spoil. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got you. Um, but yeah, point is, even though she had this driving force to uh, fulfill the last words of her father, of her father figure, um, she once upon a time had the resources and the weapons of the entire empire at her fingertips. But now all of that was taken from her as she remained on the run from Azard's agents, scrapping by through manual labor and odd jobs. So, yeah, she went from luxury to rags, essentially overnight. Yep, she hated Luke for ruining her life. Yeah, unintentionally, but it's understandable. Very understandable. Yeah, um... Fortunately, her fortunes would finally turn when she, you know, saved an, a particular smuggler. And I'm pretty sure you know exactly who I'm talking about. Telling card. Telling card. I really need to get around to learning more about Tar Telling card because he does sound like an interesting character. He is. He really is. But yeah, like uh, Mara Jade would save Talon Card. Uh, Talon Card were t would take Mara Jade under his wing as part of his smuggler's crew, blah, blah, blah. Um, and fast Eventually became his lieutenant. Oh, yes. And fast forward to Heir of the Empire. Um, Talon would stumble upon Luke Skywalker's X-Wing that was stranded in space. And uh, after they found out the identity of a pilot... Uh, Fraun had posted a bounty on Skywalker's head, and Talon was just, you know, uh, going through his head what he should do about Luke Skywalker. Either A, hand him over to Fraun and get the bounty, or extort him and have the New Republic pay him the bounty, blah, blah, blah. Just all of these uh, dollar sign moments for Talon Card over here. Mm -hmm. But Mara Jade, she wanted to kill Luke Skywalker. Of course she did. Yeah. And uh, eventually, um, Luke Skywalker, he would escape Talon Card, and uh, Mara Jade would go after him on the planet down below. But they were kind of forced to work together because uh, Fraun was on the planet, and, you know, they wanted to avoid detection and not expose Talon Card, because if Talon Card... Uh, if Fraun knew that Talon Card was harboring Luke Skywalker, then he would probably die by his hands. Yeah, and they still figured it out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's no way you're going to hide anything from Fraun. Nope. But obviously they didn't know that. But Pelion also helped uh, narrow it down. Oh yeah, Pelion, yeah, Pelion is also pretty smart as much as... Uh, yes, he is. Yeah. Um, but anyway, point is, yeah, uh, anyway, point is, uh, you probably know the rest. Uh, Luke Skywalker manages to give a fuck out of Dodge, so did Mara Jade with Talon Card before they got stranded mm -hmm. by interdictors, blah, 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 you know, that sort of thing. Um, yes. But, uh, Greed, air, fire. Oh, yeah. And, uh, let me see, uh, and eventually down the line, uh, she, so... Fraun became interested in hunting down Talon Card's smuggler organization. And, you know, she grew to love, not exactly love, but she appreciated Talon Card of a crew for being the only family she's ever had, besides Palpatine and all that. 
yeah, that's what makes Kart a cool character. He oh, looks yeah. out for Mara. Yeah. And she would eventually go to Fraun, turning herself in as the Emperor's Hand, and offered the location of a katana fleet to Fraun. And in return, he would leave us smugglers alone. Uh, even though Fraun accepted, he planned on double-crossing her anyway, and placed a tracker on her ship that led him back to Talon Card. A badass line from that book. This is not the Empire you know anymore. <laughs> this is not the There's Empire. Something along that line. Yeah, especially That's coming Fraun basically from basically asserting his dominance, and it was so fucking good. <laughs> more, more fucking fraud T posing for dominance over Mara Jade. That was just such a good line. Read the book. He's so fucking good. I'm not kidding. I will eventually do that. You know, it will actually be kind of fun to do a book club episode on uh, the heir, heir to the Empire. Absolutely. Yeah. But anyway, um, so yeah, Fraun takes Talon card and Mara Jade is forced to find Luke Skywalker because even though she's a master assassin, she knows she alone cannot break Talon Card out of custody of Ron and everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, she eventually finds Luke Skywalker, who is being trained by the uh, Dark Jedi, Jarrus Suboff. Uh, and, you know, she was able to tell him, hey. Jurus Sabayoth. Jurus Sabayoth. Okay. I, I probably pronounced it. Sabayov. Sabayov. God damn you. <laughs> oh my God, that pronunciation. <laughs> well, Jeruis Sabayov. Oh, Jeruis. We mentioned him in the Thrawn episode. Yes, we did. Uh, his original form, because this is the clone version yes. of that guy. But anyway. um, Plot twist, this one's a clone. Yeah, he's a uh, pretty insane clone. For, uh, He's sibling. nuts. Yeah, he is. Uh, yeah, he was training Luke Skywalker. Uh, Mara J comes in, being all like, hey, this guy is actually pretty evil. He's not a real Jedi. But Luke is like, I can heal him. <laughs> but yeah, point is, she managed to, uh, you know, get Luke Skywalker to work with her and infiltrated a Chimera and broke Talon Card out of custody. Which was an awesome plan. Oh, yeah. And then afterwards, she proved instrumental for the New Republic because she knew the location of the Emperor's cloning facility on Wayland. Yep. And, yeah, um, through her experiences with Luke Skywalker, uh, you know, Luke Skywalker was providing her insight on Palpatine, and uh, she started to realize... Uh, he started to realize that it wasn't out of her own volition that she wanted to kill Luke Skywalker, but instead the telepathic command of Palpatine that compelled her instead of her uh, her own free will and all that. Yeah, that was a cool like character growth point in the book. Yeah, it really was. And then uh, down the line, she eventually rejected the dark side, and she found her own destiny in the galaxy. Um... At one point, I believe she becomes the one of the commanders of a smuggler's alliance, I believe. I think I remember skimming over that, but I can't remember. Yeah, but anyway, that's not too important. Uh, yeah. Remember, she, highlights. Yeah. Um, I really like this one quote I found where she 
where she finds out about uh, she wasn't being the only Emperor's Hand. And uh, let's see. Uh, where where was it? I thought I've... Uh, Okay, I, I I pretty much lost it, but she pretty much called Palpatine a sniveling parasite. Oof! Yeah, when she found out she wasn't the only Emperor's hand, she outright rejected Palpatine and called him a sniveling parasite. Damn, she was very mad, but oh, understandable. Yeah. Oh yeah, and. When uh, the news of Palpatine returning in his clone body during the Dark Empire series, uh, she at first didn't oh, want... Oh, so that takes place after Heir to the Empire. Yeah, it does. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, Mara Jade, when she found news of Palpatine coming back, she at first did not want to believe that Palpatine returned. And Palpatine wanted to retrieve her and punish her for her treachery. Okay. And uh, she would have help uh, with Kyle Katarn. Uh, Kyle Katarn is another prominent EU character. We'll eventually talk about him one of these days. But there, there's a old joke where Kyle Katarn is basically the uh, Chuck Norris of Star Wars. I've heard him mentioned someplace. Can't remember where. <laughs> I mean, aside from... Your example. Yeah, uh, Kyle Katarn, he's kind of a motherfucking badass. Like, there's a joke of a of a Kyle Katarn uh, shaving his beard with a lightsaber. What the hell? <laughs> I know, he's one of those kinds of people. He's kind of a badass, but in an over-the-top kind of way. Oh, Lord. Now <laughs> I gotta look at him. Oh, he is awesome. He's got the best beard hair ever. But, anyway. But yeah, um continuing on, she so she has frequent missions alongside Luke Skywalker. I think she and him find Fron's clone and eventually kill him and all that fun stuff, you know. Mm -hmm. And eventually after uh, the signing of the Pelion Gavzeran Treaty, which is the document that ended the Galactic Civil War. Um Luke would propose to Mara Jade when they were on vacation together. Okay. And uh, Princess Leia would announce the wedding between the two, which was taken in by the press as basically a symbol of Imperial and New Republic unity. Like, very political, when in reality it was true love between Luke Skywalker and Mara Jade. Yeah, but of course, the media will be the media. Media will always be the media. And additionally, C-3PO became involved in planning their wedding, which resulted in a very grandiose ceremony, much to Mara J's chagrin. Fucking C-3PO. <laughs> Like, uh, one of these preparations would be Mara Jade taking numerous dress designers and picking one which, which one would make her wedding dress. Like, there were a lot of designers, like a literal line leading up to the apartment she was staying at. 
Jeez. Yeah, it's one of those things. And she, like, became really tired because, you know, she's going through designer after designer. None of these designs really impressed her. So she decided mm. to just sneak out and have a breather from all of that stress. Well, yeah. Yeah. Um, and while she was out walking, she came across a Twi'lek dress designer named Jerrican, who originally was going to show Jade her own design, but once she showed the designer to her, uh, employer, they basically laughed at the design and fired her off a spot. I remember reading this. Yeah. It's the dress she chose. Yeah. It was really pretty. Yeah, it was, it was really pretty. Oh yeah, I gotta show, uh... Not exactly the wedding, per se, but here's a Luke Skywalker and Mary Jade, obviously, in love. That's sweet. It is Luke so sweet. A, Luke deserves a love interest. Oh, yes. Luke needs his. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, before the actual wedding ceremony, Luke and Mara would have their own private Jedi wedding ceremony. And the two of them... Uh, as part of this union, the two of them would connect two halves of a crystal together as a symbol of their union. Ooh, that's cool. It is very cool. Oh yeah, a couple things I forgot to mention earlier. Uh, she eventually mm -hmm. joined uh, Luke Skywalker's Jedi Praxium, becoming one of the first initiates of the uh, new Jedi Order. Nice. And she also had to give up her duties as a commander of a smuggler's alliance to commit full time to the Jedi Order and spending time with her husband. Who'd she put in charge? Oh, uh, I, Is it Zay? I think it was Talon. Uh, I think, yeah. So he just took it back. Yeah, pretty much. Like, I don't want this anymore. <laughs> okay, fine now. And, uh, yeah, um, they would have a nice little romantic money honeymoon together. And, uh, yeah, Luke, along with Mary Jade, would go on several missions together. And they would, I really need to read those stories where, uh, their, uh, husband and wife, I would imagine they would have a, a lot of good banters together. I'm sure. And I want to read those now, too. Oh, yeah. Um, and one of these missions was them investigating the outbound flight, which, if you recall from the Fraun episode, is the uh, project that was meant to take the Jedi to the Unknown Regions, basically. Which Sabayoth was a part of. Yep. And Fraun... The original. Oh, yeah. The original Sabayoth. But... And Fraun was the one attacking, remember? Yep. Because of a went out there, that'll basically provoke the Yuzhing Vong to attack the galaxy early. Watch the Thrawn episode. Uh, I really love listening to that episode. Go into deeper detail with that one. Oh yeah, I love listening to old episodes every once in a while. Me too. But yeah, um, there was one mission that Mara Jade undertook where she was a bodyguard for a minor diplomat on this random world and not really relevant, but she would be witness to, or she was the victim of one of the preludes of a Yuzhang Vong war. Um, so she was basically at this ceremony where they would proclaim a new king and all that. Um, mm -hmm. One of those... Uh, <laughs> one of those nobles was an undercover Yuzhang Vong agent who secretly infected all those at the ceremony with a deadly bio-agent. 
Okay. Yeah. This is where it gets weird. And uh, the bio agent killed all of those present except for Mara Jade, who was able to resist oh, the disease. Shit. Yeah, she was pretty. How was she able to? Uh, because she was force sensitive. Yeah, she used her powers in the force to stave it off. Okay. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Um. And she was like, "What the fuck is going on?" But yeah. Um. Little. Yes. Understandable reaction. Very understandable reaction. So, just to give you a little bit of context, this bio agent would be called the Comb Spores. Uh. Basically, these things would enter into the victim's body, and it would slowly break down their molecular structure and cause agonizing pain. And at most, it would kill an individual within a few days. But Barrett Jade, she was one of the only survivors of his biotoxin. Damn. But, uh, Yujing Vong just got a lot more scary. Oh, yeah. The Yujing Vong are terrifying, Hannah. They're very terrifying. <laughs> but, yeah, um, eventually, the I wouldn't say the Yujing Vong war happened immediately, but uh, Mara Jade would go out on a mission to figure out some suspicious activity that's going on at the edge of the galaxy and all that. Um, and Mara Jade would be the first Jedi that fought a Yuzhang Vong warrior. Nice. Yeah, and here's this badass artwork of her fighting the warrior. God, I love the way her hair looks. Oh, yeah. It's so fitting for her. It's so flowy, too. It looks so gorgeous. And the lightsaber. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, that's awesome. It is so cool. I love Legends art. They are so cool. Moving on. But yeah, um, she would fight this warrior, whom she determined to be her equal in combat. And was she was kind of pushed to the edge of her abilities when fighting this normal Yuzhang Vong warrior. Oof. And uh, she had to end the engagement quickly by stabbing the warrior through the heart. Okay. And it's also kind of an interesting encounter because as the warrior lay dying, he proclaimed Mara Jade to be a worthy warrior. Wow. And it was actually the the very first taste that Yuzhen Vong had on how skilled and dangerous the Jedi would be. Pretty cool. It is pretty cool. Now, uh, I'll... now I need to read that part. <laughs> or that, those books. Oh yeah, they have... yeah. Um, the new Jedi oh, orders. So much money on audiobooks, dude. Oh, uh, dude, my my wallet is already screaming, Hannah. <laughs> oh, but uh, and, but yeah. Anyway, um, so I'm not gonna go through. Everything Mara Jade has done in the Yuzhang Vong War, because that is an entire novel series by itself. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, so yeah, she kills the first Yuzhang Vong warrior. So you remember the biotoxin she was uh, that she survived? Yes. That spore is still within her body for the past two years, and she's continuously fighting it off during that entire time. 
And uh, let me see if I can find it. So eventually, uh, she and Luke Skywalker would, you know, do the business in the middle of a Yuzhang Vong war. And uh, she was actually pregnant right dabs in the middle of the Yuzhang Vong war. I did see something on um, Tumblr of all things about Mara Jade is that she and Luke had used all kinds of protection and preventatives <laughs> to not have a kid. Yeah. And the force fucking willed their son into existence. <laughs> yeah. Well, oh, man. That's funny I saw. Yeah, I would not doubt that at all. Of course, I didn't go that much into detail. It'll probably be important when I talk about Mara Jade's son, but that's beside the point. Um, So, there was this one occasion where she was chilling on the artificial beach on Coruscant, and she would slip into unconsciousness. Then she would find herself awake in the care of a medical droid, and felt the disease attacking her unborn child. Oof. And Not good. yeah, um, she was just fading in and out of consciousness, doing everything she can to make sure that her child within her womb didn't get hurt by the disease she's carrying in her body. Mm-hmm. And she would be taken aboard this. Uh, so for context of uh, using Vong invaded Coruscant by this time and uh, Mara Jade had to desperately give a fuck out of Dodge along with Luke and the others. Um, mm-hmm. So they would be taken to this uh, Star Destroyer called the Errant Venture, which is the only privately owned Star Destroyer in the entirety of a galaxy. Wow. I can't believe they survived that long. Oh, yeah. And with her, con- her condition started to worsen as, you know, she was taken to the medical bay to be operated on. Um mm-hmm. In a desperate attempt to purge his wife of a disease, Luke Skywalker called upon the dark side. But before he could enact this, he was stopped by Mara Jade, who told him to calm down. Uh, I know you're worried about me, but let me take care of this. And Mara Jade called upon the light side, and she managed to completely purge the disease from her body. And immediately went into labor after that. Wow. Yeah. Hell of a buildup. It was hell of a buildup. She just used, she was holding out, making sure that her child did not succumb to the disease. And she managed to do it. And then, oh boy, I have to do the labor now. Crap. Oh, Lord. Yeah, you thought Padme had it rough. She has doesn't have shit on Mara Jade. And during Leia's birth of Jason and Jaina, she was having visions and connecting with them through the Force. Oh, yeah. And that was weird enough. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, despite the attack on her body by the disease, she was able to give birth to her and Luke Skywalker's first child, who is Ben, uh, Ben Skywalker. And that's what he looks like. Pretty average looking. Yeah, he's pretty average looking. I also kind of find it hilarious that the... uh... So much better than fucking Kylo Ren. (laughs) Yeah, like I said, I find it hilarious that uh, Ben Skywalker is the offspring of Luke Skywalker, while Ben Solo is the offspring of Solo. They just switched the names around. 
it was so stupid. Yeah. <laughs> I would have rather wanted, I wanted to see this and the solo twins <laughs> instead of fucking Kylo Ren. <laughs> oh, poor Kylo Ren. Poor Kylo Ren. No offense to uh, the actor, but just, oh my God, Kylo Ren sucks. <laughs> He's an edgy boy. Oh, yeah, he is absolutely an edgy boy, Hannah. Well, it is the Sith, yeah. so you have to kind of be edgy. Yeah, it comes with a territory, but anyway. And he wasn't even fully Sith, which is <laughs> stupid. I know, I know. Anyway. But yeah, um, for a good majority of a Yuzhang Vong war, Mara Jade would be kind of out of commission, trying to take care of her new child. Though she did occasionally engage in missions while having Ben Skywalker being taken care of by a nanny droid. Okay. Yeah, and then uh, she... Uh, so after they managed to be the Yuzhang Vong during the final battle of Coruscant, uh, she would become elevated to the rank of Jedi Master. Nice. And uh, she was given her very first apprentice. And you want to know who her first apprentice was? Uh, Jaina Solo. Yeah, I'm glad you remember that. Jaina Solo, her niece, became her very first apprentice. Yeah, I like I like that. And then uh, Luke trained Jason. Yeah, um... Yeah, woo, yeah. Going into Jason and Jaina Solo is going to be an entire entire episode on. That's on. going to be a very long episode. Oh, absolutely. And I am, I'm just taking a cross. Keep back. I have other more important fish to fry. Oh God, it's gonna be okay. We're gonna put that with the Mandalorian. <laughs> yeah. In the we'll get their pile. Indeed. Uh, but anyway. But yeah. Um. So, uh. So in between the Yuzhang Vong War and and the uh, Second Galactic Civil War, uh, there were so we'll eventually get into that. But there's the Dark Nest Crisis and eventually the Swarm War. Basically, a point in Star Wars history where the Killix return and they declare war on the galaxy. Interesting plot point. Yeah, and that actually sounds pretty cool. It does. I like the Killicks. Yeah, the Killicks are pretty cool. I would love to talk about them in a very new episode, but we'll get there when we get there. Um, point is, uh, one of the plots that the uh, Killicks tried to do was uh, put a divide between Mara Jade and Luke Skywalker by giving the implication. That Mara Jade assassinated Luke Skywalker's mother when he was really young. You mean his aunt? Uh, oh, Padme is what I mean. Oh. Yeah, Mara Jade would be the one that assassinated his mother. That's... Okay. I know, it's one of those... uh a bullshit excuse. <laughs> Or a bullshit lie. I know. Um, it was just a kind of point of contention because, well, Mara Jade is... It was poorly written, honestly. Uh, it probably needs That's... 
Anyway, it probably needs greater context Sorry. because I didn't properly research this, so I'm probably not doing it great justice. But I just thought I'd throw that out there just in case. Um, yeah, if 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 anyone listening actually knows, like more about these books than we do please let me know how that goes yeah i don't mind spoilers because that's a lot of books a lot of <laughs> money that i don't have <laughs> you know that's fair hannah but anyway uh, ultimately the point was um they so r2 uh there's a really good video made by uh by uh eckhart's letter where they where he briefly talks about when Luke Skywalker goes through the uh, hollow recordings that R2 made of a uh, Luke of uh, Anakin and Padme's conversation in Revenge of a Sith. And in this particular plot point, R2 would be the one to clear Mara Jade's name by showing how Padme actually died. Damn. Yeah. He'd been holding that for how long? Uh, over 20 years at this point. Jesus. Yeah, R2 is a, uh, he, he loves R2 keeping a secret. R2 coming in clutch. <laughs> yeah, R2 coming in clutch. Um, but other interesting things during this entire thing, like, uh, when R2 was playing for recording of, uh, of, uh, Padme being choked by Anakin and all that, mm-hmm. um, Jason Solo, uh, he, he kind of reacted very coldly to this because he was all like, Oh, he's doing whatever he can to ensure uh, safety and prosperity across the galaxy, blah, 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 that sort of thing. By choking your wife? Uh, probably not at that. N- probably not at that certain point. But point I'm trying to make is, is that Jason Solo was has become very jaded from his experiences of in Yuzhang Vong War and doing whatever he can to ensure that uh, security and prosperity radiates throughout the galaxy and all of that. Fair. Okay. But yeah, um, and at around his time, uh Mara Jade became really suspicious of Jason Solo because for context, Jason Solo is basically Ben Skywalker's master. Okay. And it was also kind of uh ironic because Mara Jade entrusted that Jason Solo would properly teach Ben Skywalker the ways of the Force, because Jason Solo was a really powerful Jedi at this point. Wahaha, <laughs> he's evil. Wahaha, <laughs> we're not quite on that part yet, but anyway. Um, uh, where was I? But yeah, um, Jay's, uh, Mara Jade was seeing his, her nephew, uh, growing more aggressive and apathetic, um, and how it is influencing her son, Ben Skywalker. Um, because she's starting to see the parallels between Jason Solo and Anakin Skywalker that she saw on the hollow recordings of R2 and all that. Oh, shit. Yeah, so she's, okay. so she's one of yeah. the... Sorry, go Like on. I said, she's smart. She is very smart. But anyway, uh, we're going into the very important event. Uh, during the Second Galactic Civil War, she and Luke Skywalker would confront a fellow Emperor's Hand. And this Emperor's Hand, she's a really significant figure in the old EU of Star Wars. Um, she goes by the name of Lumia. And I'll send you a picture of her. Yeah, Lumia is a, uh, she is an interesting character, to say the very least. 
interesting outfit. Yeah, Lumia, uh, she was one of Luke Skywalker's first. Is that a Vibra whip? Yeah, she has a Vibra whip. Fuck yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> but yeah, My favorite weapon. Yeah. Um. So for quick context, Lumia was kind of Luke, one of Luke Skywalker's old flames when she was uh, an undercover agent for the Empire. Okay. So she and Luke Skywalker kind of have a history together. Oh no, my seven evil exes. <laughs> my seven evil exes, pretty much, yeah. Good God. They were starting to run out of content. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, um, Lumia, she just reemerged and proclaimed herself as the Dark Lady of a Sith. Like uh, Darth Vader was the Dark Lord of a Sith before her. Oh, so that's where I get, I knew, I had seen Dark Lady of the Sith actually be a thing. I yeah. just didn't know this was her. Yep, cool. she's the Dark so Lady of the Sith. Inspiration for my name on the Discord. <laughs> yeah, um, but uh, where was I? Okay, um, so yeah, uh, Luke Skywalker and Mary Jade would have several confrontations with Lumia because she was essentially the big bad that just reappeared and is causing trouble throughout the galaxy and all that fun stuff. Okay. And uh, throughout their confrontations, um, let me see, um, eventually Ben Skywalker would one day just disappear and Mara Jade suspected that Lumia may have had a hand in kidnapping him. And she went out to try and find Luminara and kill her him herself. Lumia, not Lu Luminara. Yeah, I, uh, sorry about that. Um, I was going to say. Uh, wrong like, one. years too late. <laughs> I know. Um, but eventually Mara Jade, she would get the jump on Lumia where they have this really intense duel that left both of them heavily injured. Like Lumia, she was badly injured from several lightsaber slashes of uh, Mara Jade, and she would get a bruised eye, a slit lip, burned neck, and a bleeding forehead. Oof. Yeah, she she went through the ringer in uh, retrieving her son from Lumia. Mm-hmm. And then she finds her son, and Ben Skywalker basically informed his mother that Jason Solo became an associate with Lumia. Okay. So basically, they were in cahoots, and Mara Jade was starting to connect the dots. And she. Yeah. Uh, and she, her greatest fears have been confirmed, and she felt betrayed by the one she trusted to look after her son. Under fucking sandal. Yeah, very understandable. And obsessed and upset with his dark revelation, she would attempt to find Jason Solo and talk him down to return to the light side first. But. He he was uh, kind of deep into it at this point, and he was ignoring all of her warnings at this point. Um, and this made Mara Jade realize that Jason Solo was too dangerous to be kept alive. 
Ooh, coming to the realization you have to kill your nephew. Oh, yeah. And she followed Jason solo to Hapen Space, where they would engage in a brief dogfight, which resulted in the both of them crash landing on a nearby world. Yeah. And basically, I, I kind of uh, listened to this brief insert, but basically, Mara Jade would engage in this cat and mouse game with uh, her nephew. By luring him into some tunnels. Okay. And, you know, Mara Jade being the master assassin that she is. uh, She purposefully picked these tunnels. Because they were confined enough where Jason Solo could not swing his lightsaber around easily. Yet another example of why I love this woman. Yeah, she's... She's so goddamn smart. Yeah, she's... Pretty badass. And she was able to set up a trap for Jason Solo. Um, It was pretty much uh, pitch black by their perception. But Mara Jade was able to gain the upper hand against Jason Solo by activating a trap that collapsed the ceiling on top of him. Okay. And uh, there's this brief insert where Jason Solo was just crippled under this pile of debris. And he was reaching out with his hand towards uh, Mara Jade. And I believe the words that he said to her was, Tell my mother that I failed her. And Mara Jade pointed her blaster at Jason Solo and basically said, She already knows. Oof. And, uh... That sucks. Yeah, and Mara Jade, uh, she kind of realized that Jason Solo was kind of, uh, luring her in, giving her a air of mercy, but she was like, nah, nah, I'm gonna not fall for that. And she pointed her gun at Jason, planning to execute him right then and there. Hey, it's a deviation from the trope of believing it, so... Unfortunately... Again... (laughs) Unfortunately, Jason Solo was not going to die that easily, and he used a force wave to push the debris off of him, along with Mara Jade, sending her flying back into a into a uh, stone wall. Oof. Okay. Yeah. Um. Basically, uh, after that, it became a fight for survival as Mara Jade. Uh, equipped herself with a vibro knife and a lightsaber shoto, and she started cutting down Jason Solo, uh, basically putting him on the defensive, and since he can't properly defend himself with his longer lightsaber, she was basically doing a a uh, battle by a thousand cuts to her nephew. That's actually pretty cool. Yeah, she's... Uh, the the lightsaber, the Shoto lightsaber design is really cool. Yeah, it's basically just a shorter lightsaber, but yeah, it's pretty cool. Anyway. But yeah, um, as Mara Jade, uh, basically, she, even though Jason Solo had superior force abilities, like in the, uh, in the insert I was listening to today, basically it said that Jason Solo was superior in the power of a force, while... Mara Jade was 
a better acrobat, basically. She was basically a normal-ass person in comparison to Jason Solo, but she is just cutting him down like a motherfucking champ. Mm -hmm. And eventually, she was able to disarm Jason Solo of his lightsaber and managed to pin him down onto the ground. Now is she gonna kill him? Um, well, she... She was... Okay, so basically, um, Jason Solo is doing everything he can to uh, make sure that her that his aunt doesn't kill him right then and there. Like she's mm-hmm. he's basically pulling at her hair, trying to push him off of her, trying to reach for his lightsaber, absolutely everything he can to prevent her from killing his ass. Well, yeah. And eventually, Mara Jade uh, manages to take her knife up and is about to plunge it into Jason Solo's neck. But Jason Solo, realizing that the the reason why Mary Jade is uh, fighting so aggressively was because uh, she had the priority of defending Ben Skywalker from him. And using this to his advantage, he pulled the... She, so basically in this instance, uh, Jason Solo would have easily died by Mara Jade's hand. But he pulled the dirtiest trick in the book. What did he do? So he projected a force illusion of Ben Skywalker's face above him. Oof. And Mara Jade just stopped instantly, only for a couple of seconds, but that's the time that Jason Solo need to use his wrist-mounted poison dart and shot at Mara Jade's hip. And uh, Mara Jade was poisoned with a particular poison that gave her a quick yet painless death. It was basically game over for her. Oof. And... As she lay dying before Jason Solo, uh, who basically confirmed her suspicions that he uh, had fallen to the dark side and is secretly becoming this new apprentice to Lumia, uh, Mara Jade would look into Jason's eyes and she basically said, you're as vile as he is. And Jason Solo asked, who? Palpatine. Oh, that was a bad, that was a badass final, like, words, but does she actually die? Uh, so her actual final words as she slowly succumbed to the poison was, You think you've won, but Luke will crush you, and I refuse to let you destroy the future. For my Ben. Oh. And yeah, she uh, she does die, unfortunately. At least she went out fighting. She and being a protective mama bear, and I love it. Yeah, she absolutely went out in a blaze of glory. She would have absolutely killed Jason Solo right then and there. He was basically fighting for his life at that point. Oh, right in the fields. Yeah, and in the middle of his confrontation 
Jason Solo came to realization that this confrontation with Mara Jade, uh, his aunt, was the final tipping point, the the final step in him embracing the dark side and becoming a dark lord of a Sith. Mm-hmm. And with the de- with the successful death of his aunt, he was proclaimed Darth Cadus. Oh, that's how he got his name. Oh okay. yeah. Um, fortunately, though, Mera's death would ripple throughout the Force and was felt by all the Jedi in the galaxy. But Luke Skywalker in particular was particularly shaken by his wife's death. Well, of course. And, uh, here's a, here's a really funny, yet so in line with Mara Jade's character. Um, Mara Jade would just leave her body behind instead of allowing it to become one with the Force, in hopes of investigators using it as evidence to figure out who her true killer was. (laughs) And as sort of something for her family to say goodbye to. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah. And she used her remaining strength in the Force to whisper to her son's mind and raffle through Luke Skywalker's hair, just showing her love for the both of them. Oh. Yeah. Um, and eventually investigators did find her body and, uh, you know, they would undergo autopsy, figuring out the cause of death, and they arranged a funeral for her. Uh, attended by the entire Jedi Council. Nice. Yeah, let me actually uh, send you... It's sad that such a badass character has to die. Yeah, unfortunately, but you gotta do what you gotta do to progress the story. But yeah, there's that uh, picture of a funeral for Mara Jade and all that fun stuff. Rest in peace, you <laughs> amazing woman. Yeah, um, and Jason Solo, who is still under the uh, the disguise that he's still a Jedi and never fell to the dark side, he would actually arrive late to pay his respects to his aunt. Um, fortunately, the moment he arrived, Mara Jade's body would finally fade into the Force itself. Okay. And this was noticed by Ben Skywalker, who uh, kind of suspected that Jason... It was basically a sign by his mother that Jason Solo had something to do with her death. How he deduced that, I don't know. (laughs) Well, you know, when you're the the, uh, son of a secret agent like Mara Jade, everything happens for a reason. All right, anyway. But yeah, um, Mara Jade, uh, the death of Mara Jade would cause Luke Skywalker uh, to believe... Okay, so Luke Skywalker obviously took it the hardest, and he believed that the murderer of his wife was Lumia herself, which is technically true since Jason was her apprentice and she probably encouraged him to kill her in the first place. Mm-hmm. And uh, the next time both Luke and Lumia fought, uh, Luke, he was holding nothing back. Like, Luke, he's usually the the sensible one. He's always, like, trying to redeem people, give them chances. You know, classic Luke stuff. 
Um, in this encounter, he held nothing back, and he, uh, he would actually kill Lumia with an instant decapitation. Oof. Uh, yeah. Um, but long story short, Ben would actually find evidence that Jason killed his mother through hair samples that was found on Jason's, uh, Starfighter and all of that stuff. Okay, actual investigation. Yeah. That's pretty cool. It is pretty cool. And uh, he actually encountered Mara Jade's Force Ghost a couple of times where she mouthed the words, yeah, I love you. Yeah, they became a Force Ghost. That's awesome. Yeah, she would actually appear a couple of times to Luke Skywalker to comfort him in his grief and everything. Aww. Yeah, it is so full That's of heartwarming. So, <laughs> so even beyond the grave, she was comforting her family and giving the middle finger to her enemies. That's awesome. <laughs> and yeah, um, yeah, they, okay, so, uh, do I have anything else? No, I do not, actually. Uh, so both Luke Skywalker and Ben Solo would go on this personal journey to try and figure out why uh, Jason Solo turned to the dark side and all of that. And in this journey, they would ride around in their in a Mara Jade's personal fight, uh, personal ship called the Jade Shadow, and this is what it looks like. Ooh! Yeah, she's got a badass ship. I like it. Yeah, and the ship was a way of reminding them of a woman both of them had lost. Aww. Yeah. Heartfelt memorial. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that is the story of Mara Jade. Probably one of the most badass, loyal, and committed characters in the entirety of a Star Wars Legends universe. Yes. Ab, like I said, so much better than Ray. <laughs> yeah, many leagues better than Ray. <laughs> so good. Yeah, um no words. Yeah, even okay, even though it was that was sad, but still she was a badass until the end. She was a badass till the very end. Uh, oh, yeah, I also almost forgot. She became a member of a Jedi Council around that time, too. Oh, cool. So she went from a mere assassin of Palpatine's and uh, <laughs> became a member of a Jedi Council under Luke's Jedi Order. So that's pretty freaking cool. Mm -hmm. She really went full circle. Um she probably has... That's good character development. She's got a lot of good character development. She's explored very deeply. Of course, there's numerous novels exploring her character and everything. Um, but yeah, I, I've grown a good soft spot for Mara Jade in this episode. She's a pretty cool character. She's smart, she's skilled, and she knows exactly what she's doing. And she's very loyal to her husband. Yeah. All around amazing character. Yeah. Mara Jade is the perfect waifu, in all honesty. I think this may be the first woman I sent for. <laughs> oh, really? I have nothing bad to say about her. She's amazing. Yeah, she is really amazing. Uh, 
But yeah, um, that's pretty much all I have about Mara Jade. Kind of a shame that uh, Disney did not do anything with her character. But you know, it's completely fine. <laughs> it's completely fine. Her her story is utterly complete in the uh, Legends universe of uh, Star Wars. So I have nothing to complain about. Oh, yeah. But yeah, um, that is our episode of Can Mayonnaise Kill a Jedi? Or in this case, oh my god, a waifu we could all simp for. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> but yeah, um, so Hannah, you want to guess what our uh, next episode is going to be about? Is it who I think it is? Or is it something else? Uh, okay, uh, it's not a character, but wh- who are you thinking of? Talent card. Talent card, okay. We'll eventually get to talent card one of these days. Exploring his character will actually be pretty interesting, but uh, we'll get there when we get there, I suppose. It was just an idea I gave you. I thought you were going to use it next, yeah. but uh, what are we covering? All right, so for the next episode, uh, I think it's high time that we also return to major factions in the Star Wars universe. And in our next episode, we will explore the Grand Army of the Republic. Nice. And in or uh, in better context, we will be talking about the Clone Army. Hell yeah. Yeah. I think this is a popular one. <laughs> yeah. Um I think it's high time that we talk about the uh the good boys of the Clone Wars. Uh all the memorable characters. Uh yeah, it's it's going to be fun talking about the clones, the Kaminoan clones in general. Oh yeah. But that'll be interesting. Oh yeah. And holy shit, this recording is over an hour and 30 minutes long. Uh, always <laughs> the long episode. <laughs> Oh, man. But yeah, I had a lot of fun with this episode, and I hope you uh, <laughs> appreciate learning more about Mara Jade's story. Hell yeah, I did. That was so good. It was so good. And the way that uh, I... If there was one lightsaber duel I wish was made on screen, the duel between Mara Jade and Jason Solo would have been perfect. Oh, yeah, that would have been awesome. It would have been awesome, desperate, and heartbreaking at the same time. Hey, you're an aspiring director. <laughs> Not wrong there, Hannah. But anyway, um, yeah, thank you guys so much for watching this episode of a podcast and learning more about Jason Solo, uh, not Jason Solo, uh, Mara Jade. Mara Jade. Yeah, we'll eventually talk about Jason Solo, one of these gays. I don't know when, we but just, holy. We just need to talk about the Solo twin period. <laughs> oh, yeah, Hannah. But anyway, um, I hope you guys are having a wonderful day. Uh, hope you enjoyed the episode. And as usual, we'll see you next time. Uh, you have any closing statements, Hannah? May the force be with you. This is the way. Indeed. Let's hope we survive this winter. (laughs) Oh boy, winter is coming. But yes, may the force be with you. And this is the way. Bye-bye. Adios.